1: Today, we're going to be at the end of Ezekiel 34. We're going to talk about the Lord's covenant of peace. And as has been the case with all these major prophets that we've been in so far, Isaiah, Jeremiah, and now Ezekiel, there's a lot of judgment, a lot of God through this prophet condemning the people of Judah for their sin, warning them for judgment that's going to come, and really a lot of just hard texts. But we've seen over and over, woven through those, are texts that... Point to God's grace, God's mercy, the restoration that will eventually come. This isn't going to be a permanent punishment that lasts forever and ever, but this is a punishment that needs to happen. Sin needs to be punished, and the people of God, the remnant of them who need to turn around and repent are going to be convinced through these hard things to turn around and repent. God's redemptive plan for humanity will go forward, and we will benefit from that more than 2,000, 23, 2,400 years later than when today, than when this was originally written. So yesterday, we saw this in the first part of 34. First of all, God through Ezekiel is giving a prophecy against the shepherds of Israel, the leaders, the rulers who misled the people. But then he's talking about how he'll raise up a messianic shepherd, Jesus Christ, and today we're going to go a little bit further down that line, and he's going to establish a covenant of peace. Listen to this. I will make my covenant with them one of peace, and I'll banish wild beasts from the land so they may dwell securely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. And I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. I will send down the showers in their season, and there shall be showers of blessing, And the trees of the field shall yield fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase, and they shall be secure in their land. And they shall know that I am the Lord when I break the bars of their yoke and deliver them from the bond of those who enslave them. They shall no more be prey to the nations, nor shall the beasts of the land devour them. They shall dwell securely, and none shall make them afraid. And I will provide for them renowned plantations. So that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the reproach of the nations. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, declares the Lord. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. So, of course, the people of Israel have been scattered, the people of Judah have been scattered. Uh, they've been exiled to other nations. They, Most of them been taken to Babylon. Others have been scattered around. And this is referring to the fact that a day of peace is going to come, and he's going to deliver them from the hand of those who enslaved them, who took them captive, who exiled them. And, and just like many of these prophets, there is an immediate, or should I say a more immediate fulfillment of this prophecy that's going to come. After the 70 years of exile is is completed, he will deliver some of the people of Israel from the hand of those who enslave them, like it says in verse 27. And they're going to literally come out of those countries where they're exiled, and they're going to go back to Jerusalem, reestablish the temple, reestablish Jerusalem, reestablish the correct Jewish religious and sacrificial practices. But when you think about this as a more distant fulfillment. We're talking about something that's going to happen even beyond where we're at currently in the timeline at the end of days. Maybe it's during the millennial reign of Christ, as some believe. Maybe it's in the new heavens and new earth. But in that setting, we will also be delivered from the hand of those who enslaved us. Who enslaves us right now? Satan does. The prince of the power of the air enslaves us, and one day we will be delivered from him. One day the bars of the yoke of sin that we are, are burdened with will be broken. And so this is referring to a prophecy that's going to happen or be fulfilled partially in a more immediate time from when it was written here and fully At the end of time, a couple other interesting things in this text. It refers to things related to nature. The beasts of the land will be banished, and showers will come in their season. So it sounds like there are people who have been scattered because because of the siege of Jerusalem by the Chaldeans, by the Babylonian army some of the people have been scattered just out into the wilderness, and some of them are being devoured by beasts. It refers to that in other parts of the prophets, that this is one of the things that's going to happen. And so it's referring to there's going to come a time when these beasts are banished and when people are safe from being devoured by them. It also refers to showers and season. this suggests that there must have been some drought. And certainly droughts were a instrument of God's punishment to the people. And here he's saying the day is going to come when showers will come in their season and the trees will yield fruit and everything will be restored. This reminds me of something that Paul writes about in Romans 8. We actually talked about this back on January 15th in episode 253. That's Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. Actually, there's some similarities similarities between this text and that text in its placement as a, a glimpse of God's compassion and grace and restoration in the midst of a lot of judgment. But in Romans 8, Paul is writing, and here's what he says in 19 through 22, for the creation waits with leaguer eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption or decay and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. So this text suggests that there are elements of the natural world. It's not just us, humans, who are burdened with sin, separated from God and looking for a solution to that problem, who are groaning in eager expectation. But creation itself, the rocks and the trees and the animals are groaning along with us, and something's going to happen at the end of time where creation, along with us, is restored when the glory of the children of God is revealed. And maybe that's going to look like beasts no longer devouring people, as Ezekiel writes about in here. Maybe that's going to look like rain coming in due season. There'll be no droughts, but trees will produce fruit when they're supposed to. Anyway, this is very, very interesting how all of creation, everything is affected by sin. Everything is enslaved or in bondage to a degree to this brokenness that came through the fall. And God's not just going to restore us, the people who trust Jesus Christ, who are forgiven and set free, but He's going to restore all of creation, and it'll be amazing to see what that looks like.
0: The Daily Dose is a partnership between four ministries. First is Christian Crusaders, where you can find weekly 30-minute worship services at christiancrusaders.org, and where you can hear engaging interviews and other content on one of our three podcasts.